So for me, I have a very sophisticated um, time management system. It's called a toddler. So a toddler. A, a toddler. Oh, a toddler. Yeah, he just turned three. And you oh, an actual toddler. An actual I toddler. I thought that was an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to the Sounds of Positivity with Crystal Mars. The real tea you need to navigate through life. Join me for discussions on topics from business to marketing. And gain insights on how to start and get the work done. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Positivity. Today, our guest is that guy McLean. Yes, that's his Instagram name. But yes, today we're with Corey McLean. Corey builds brands from the ground up throughout the Caribbean for over 10 years. Um, he's a master in entrepreneurship, brand architect, CEO of Sips Smoothie Bar in Barbados. It's the Orange Mobile Smoothie Bar. If you're in Barbados, you've definitely seen this bar before. It's located various places. Um, he's a trainer, speaker, into consulting. In my research, I was like, who is this guy I'm bringing here? Like, Who is he? <laughs> Who's that guy? Okay, so tell us more. Who are you? Okay, so you got most of it right. Um, the sips bit, that's, that is, I guess most people still know me for that. Okay. I haven't been that guy for three years or so. Three years? Yeah. Okay. But um but yeah, so but Sips Sips was my baby. That's where I got my, my feet wet, that's where I got my, my start. Okay. Um and most people still know me as the Sips guy. Okay. So that's and that's fine. That's I guess that's always gonna be a part of my per- my personality, my identity. Um yeah. So there's that. I am, as you said, a brand architect and I build brands from the ground up. Yes, it's a soundbite, yes it's a like a um pitch it's an elevator pitch <laughs> but it kind of tells you who i am how i think and how i do what i do so my entire approach to to business is why build just a business a hack a hustle when you can build something that endures okay. which means then that your business has to be built from the ground as something that is solid and relatable okay right you you're trying to make people fall in love with your business that's that's it in a nutshell I like it. So you just said you are not the sips guy anymore. What mm-hmm. does that mean? So I I conceptualized the idea, okay. brought it to market, along with a business partner, Christian, and we built that business, pushed it for just about 10 years, at which point I needed to not, right? Okay. So, so I left Christian with full control of my baby, okay. and I've been... And doing other stuff since then. That's where um, the brand lab and my my expansion of what has been become one mark, where those two things happen. Okay. Right. Okay. So tell us more about the brand lab. What is the brand lab? Okay. So how? So I've been I've been a trainer, consultant, teaching branding in general. Yeah. For about four years. Okay. Right. So what I so Brand Lab basically is the umbrella under which Corey, the coach, the trainer, happens. Okay. But I also started with the name. I started with the name because I realized there isn't as much understanding of branding on a deep level on in the landscape. Okay. And came to me first as, yeah, I'm just going to write a, a series of articles and just put them out there. 
and help the world understand branding. Just okay. like break it down, distill it. Because apparently I understand this thing and other people, it just like flies right over their head. Okay. That's where it started. So I started writing the articles, pitched them to newspapers and whatnot. They're, they're like, okay, cool, this is interesting. COVID happened, that was no longer exciting. Okay. Right, but so so then I took that and broke it even further down with the Instagram, just putting information out there in a easy, accessible, bite-sizable way. So while, yes, the Brand Lab is there as my training outlet, that's what I do, yeah. but then also... To, there's that side where I'm like, you know what? Let me just like help people understand what it is that I do. Yeah. Because when I say branding, people think logo, and that's definitely not it. That's the probably the smallest slice of what your brand is. Exactly. But it's the part that people know most. People relate to people, or it's easily recognizable, okay. and that's the point, right? But it's not the be all and end all of a brand. So that's where that whole thing came from. That's brand lab. Okay. So, I mean, like, similarly with um, the title Brand Architect, mm. like, when persons hear Brand Architect, like, what exactly does Corey do? Exactly. So, how, when I started my consulting, it was from the perspective of, hey, Corey, you've been in business for a hot minute. Okay. I have a business that I'm trying to get off the ground, or I have a business that is a bit of a struggle. So, I started helping people like streamlining their business. Okay. You know, what is your business model? Where are you going wrong? What's happening there? So then that's where my work with Tan Habitat came in. Okay. Where I've now been consulting to, to startups, startup founders, um, young fledgling businesses, and they'll need help within that space of, I'm not really sure what, what I'm doing, what direction I'm going. Like, help me, help me, help me. Okay. So that's where that whole thing started. But I'm not just helping you to build a business because it's for the sake of building a business exactly. and it'll last for two years. I want you to build something that endures. So at the end of the day, what you're building towards is a brand. Okay. So from wh whenever I speak, I always talk about what you're doing and how it's going to impact for the long for the long haul. Okay. Right. You got to be playing the long game once you're in business. And that is where that part came in. So building from business model. So if I'm thinking about your business, I'm thinking about your business, your brand, and you're thinking about your business model as part of your brand and as an expression of your brand. We are not even talking about your logo or anything <laughs> yet. But I'm thinking about your business model, how it yeah. expresses through your brand. That is where me thinking about it, that's your foundation. Yeah. So if you're going to build a business, build a brand, and you're going to start with a foundation, Think about, think about it like that. Think about it if you're building a house. Yeah, I was thinking the same exactly. thing. Like see? the logos, so the icing architect, on top, architect, right? <laughs> see, makes sense. So the, the the business model is your your foundation. Yeah. You start thinking about things like your messaging, um, your your brand story, and all that stuff, and that's what comes along. Those are the columns, the walls right, that hold right, the right. building up, and then you have your your imagery and all that stuff that comes on at the end. Okay. Right? So that is my general approach to building a business, to building a brand. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, right, you mentioned 10 Habitat, but yeah. I feel like a lot of persons probably don't know what it is. So could yeah. you briefly say Okay, so 10, is? 10 is a uh, co-working space accelerator program, works with young people um, within Barbados, but also throughout the Caribbean. Okay. Um, we, I've, so I joined them as a mentor. I've taught courses. 
there I facilitate in the two-day boot camp and the eight-month accelerator program. Okay. So what happens is if you have a business, hey, Crystal, you have a business, you come to 10 and you will come into the program through the two-day boot camp. And I remember when, when I was told about this boot camp, I thought that, I was like, this, this don't make no sense. <laughs> like, this can't be done in two days. Wow. Like, so, so Selwyn, Selwyn Cambridge, he, he runs 10, he's like the guy, and no, he's a veteran. <laughs> no, he's been, he's been in it, he's been in marketing, he's been in, in business for a long time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he, he's explained it to me, he's like, yeah, we do this, we do this, we do this. So, because we're having a conversation, I'm telling him, well, we do a program, a, like basically a crash course at Kville. Where it's like five weeks, and he said, like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So we do this boot camp in two days. I'm like, "No, no, 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 no that's, that's impossible." Yeah. So, so the first one that I did, I remember I was like completely drained by lunchtime. Okay. So, and I'm the facilitator. Wow. So what happens is you come in with your business, your business idea, and you, your business idea is literally stripped. Like we break it all the way down, strip it, like, and interrogate it, analyze it, see what, what is there. Yeah. If there's something there that's solid, then we can build on top of that. Okay. If there's a little shaky, then we, you know, we show you, okay, fix this, fix this, fix this. Okay. That's on day one. On day, at the end of day one, you're supposed to go out to the market to talk to customers. So you come back. On the second day, having spent the morning talking to customers in the real okay. world, you come back with your information, your findings, and you have to pitch. You pitch to, to a panel, and you get feedback in general. And usually what happens is at the end of a pitch session like that for the two-day boot camp is they'll usually pick two, two businesses to advance, to, to become part of the... Okay the eight-month accelerator. So it starts in cohorts. So each cohort will start about three months after the last. And that runs for eight months. And a boot camp is so exciting. You, I've seen every possible type of reaction. Like there's some people like, yep, this is great. I yeah. love it. There are people that cry on day one. There are people that don't come back. There are people that... I remember one guy came back on the second day. He's like, okay, I went to the market, thought it was original, thought it was great. Yeah. Turns out there are like 15 businesses doing exactly what I thought was original. Oh, well, back to the drawing board. Yeah. And it's like all these different these different ideas. I remember being in, we, cause so we did the same boot camp in Trinidad. And I was working with this one guy. And everything I was saying made no sense to him. And we were going back and forth. And... Deep in the, the, the end of day one, yeah. it clicked. And when it clicked, right? Now, he's in a wheelchair. We, he's spinning around in circles. I'm running around the room because it now made sense. Okay. Come back the following day, he wins his category in the pitch. Wow. Because and nothing made sense until like 5.30 p.m. on day one. And that's when he saw it in the light bulb. You can physically see the light bulb over the top of his head. Like, he was so happy. Mm-hmm. So, a boot camp is like a v- really compact, high pressure, high Sounds energy. Intense. It's very, very <laughs> intense. But what comes out yeah. is 
something that you can build on. Yeah. So then that's how, and that's just how that part of 10 Habitat works. So eight-month accelerator program that, you know, you have a mentor assigned to you and you go through, you meet these milestones and you come out at the end. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so I love that's, it. that's that. I've actually been to a few seminars there, mm. but I don't know what's happening now with COVID. Um, so everything is virtual, no, but there's a sexy, sexy new space that's, <laughs> that's in the pipeline. Um, I think COVID slowed down the actual construction because it was in construction when yeah. COVID kicked up. So I think, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say when that's happening, but as far as I know, that's, yeah. that is going to be, that's, that's some sweet digs. Definitely yeah. something for people to look forward to. For, well, f- for me to look forward to, <laughs> for sure. I'm I looking forward to, to seeing yeah. it when it's unveiled to me. Okay, yeah. cool. So in my research, I recognize that you do something very similarly to what I'm doing here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, refuel. Mm-hmm. So refuel. So refuel be, is because, you know, I guess I'm a bit of a geek. Okay. Right? Like, things that I'm obsessed with, I yeah. obsess over. And business, entrepreneurship, like, that's my passion. So I read about entrepreneurs, I watch documentaries, uh, I read bibliographies, I read articles. I can tell you everything about Richard Branson's life. I can tell you about when his aunt, you know, bet him $10, he can learn to swim over a summer <laughs> vacation. And by the end of the vacation, he hadn't learned to swim. So he made his parents stop the car and he jumped in the river. Oh, wow. And his father had to, like, try to, to, to save him. Okay. But he did eventually get it done so he could get his tampons, <laughs> right? Fine. I can tell you about Steve Jobs and how when he was growing up and he wanted to, to, to tinker with computer parts, he was able to get computer parts from, from the Hewlett-Packard company, not from just, you know, the dump or whatever, but yeah. from Hewlett himself. I can tell you... Stories like that about Elon Musk, I can tell you about all these other people. I can't tell you that about Beijing entrepreneurs. And I think that's unacceptable. Okay. So what I wanted to do, because, I mean, I have a fairly sizable personal network. Okay. So I know stuff about people, but there are people in business who are now coming up, who are in school, who don't know about people around them. You go to all these businesses, but you don't know who owns them. Okay. You don't know who runs them. You don't know the stories of struggle that they've had. Yeah. So Refuel is basically a passion project. I wanted to just tell some of these stories. Um, the idea was for it to be a live, in-person, networking-type event. Uh, I took the route to do it as a web show okay. first. And then last year, we did it as a live event um, in partnership with the, the museum, Barbados Museum. So did five five episodes yeah. last year live live audience and i mean like excellent guests you know yeah. like S- scott ames last year um ron johnson tracy fowler shannon clark and it was it was, it was very very cool it's very intimate it's very intimate space very intimate setting and um it was interesting to see how how having it done, having this conversation, this intimate conversation with people that I consider to be, you know, close friends at this point in front of 50 people. Like that was, that was cool and weird, but cool. And it was like, if we were just chilling, having a conversation and you're in 
my living room or just chilling next to me on the deck and you just like eavesdropping on this cool conversation <laughs> because what happens is you know people tell you who they are like they show you they bear their soul right and um and even even more so i guess with the the ones that i did before uh i was in trinidad i did a i did a, a an interview i say interviews I had a conversation, okay. a recorded conversation <laughs> that you can watch on YouTube <laughs> with um, Janelle Fronten. She's a, a writer, an entrepreneur, a creative in Trinidad. And what, was, and what was cool is when we had that conversation, she was going through a transition. She had just left a nine-to-five job and she was just launching her business and publishing a book, her first book. She's on book number three. Wow. Right. And she was in that very vulnerable space. And we just connected like if we were old friends. And so when I talk about, you know, being like a fly on the wall and you just like eavesdropping on this very intimate conversation, it's like we're having this conversation and she's like, yeah, this is me. Yeah. And I'm talking to her and it's like, yeah, this is me. And we here together. <laughs> Same thing with Kurt Anthony Hamilton from Tech Beach. We, so I talked with him, Carly Pipe, again, talked with her from that perspective on on refuel as well too okay yeah. cool. so what is the future for refuel because i went on the instagram page mm -hmm. so refuel like i said refuel is passion project okay so it's one of those things that is there like i'm not i'm not like whipping refuel to okay. to go crazy there is something in the pipeline just All just right. wait but All there's right. something in the pipeline um again passion project had a cool conversation with somebody recently Something cool could be happening soon. All right, great. Thanks to look forward to. Right, so yeah, so that's refuel. Okay, so I did not mention, but I initially met Corey. I was a panelist um, for the Rotorap Barbados Club. Mm -hmm. It was carving your digital footprint, the key mm -hmm. to personal branding. And Corey was also a panelist. Mm -hmm. So I met him there. And I just wanted to touch a bit on, you know, networking and online presence. Mm -hmm. Because I know persons, you know, you were talking about brands and we we're talking about businesses. But I mean, we are also brands. And you said that in your presentation, you know, even if we know or not, we are all brands and we have to represent ourselves mm -hmm. and be mindful of this. So it's interesting because on the one hand, well, I say that people simplify what a brand is and yeah. they simplify it down to being a logo. On the other hand, you can you can try to overcomplicate it and think that it's something that is so difficult to understand. And my my claim to fame is I make things simple. Yeah. I make things seem so simple that they say, oh, psh, that's nothing <laughs> amazing. So a brand is literally your reputation. Yeah. See? Simple. You have a reputation, regardless of whether or not you're on the scene or if you're a socialite, you have a reputation. You have a reputation in your community, you have a reputation in your neighborhood, you have a reputation in your house. And that's your brand. Yeah. So if you are the person that you sleep till 11 o'clock every day and you never help with the chores, that's your brand. Your mother knows that's your brand, your sister knows that's your brand, that is your brand. Okay, so right? what you're known for. What you're known for is your <laughs> brand. It's how other people perceive you. You might feel, you know what? I'm a really hard worker and I'm super smart and I'm really tired. Yeah. But if you wake up at 11 o'clock and you don't do any of the chores, you are a slacker. That's plain and simple. That's what your the people within your, your audience are perceiving. That's the truth. Okay. Perception is reality. 
So while you might have been up till whenever working on whatever, if no <laughs> one knows that, if no one knows that, their perception is only yeah. what they can see. Okay. So it's up to you now to change their perception. Say, hey, mom, I'm working till 5 a.m., doing whatever. I'm launching this business in, in three months. This is what I'm working on. Like, come, let me show you what I'm, what I'm developing in my room at 3 o'clock in the morning. Like, this is the app. This is what we could do. This is what's going on. Now mommy has a different narrative. Mommy is thinking, oh, oh, Jason is just tired. Aww. Don't worry. Don't knock on his door, okay? <laughs> I, I wash his, his laundry. Okay. A completely different situation because now you've put conscious and deliberate information into the public space. So I like this so now. So I'm getting now that it's really a disconnect in communication. Correct. Because you're saying if they don't know, then mm-hmm. you know they'll perceive it as something different. It's at least the market, the audience will create a brand for you. It's up to you to take control of what that perception is. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. So in terms of personal branding, you know everybody has an Instagram account, mm-hmm. Facebook account. And I think people fail to understand that first impressions really happen when a person first interacts with not necessarily you meeting, but seeing you on a digital platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm really saying is the same way you say the audience would, you know, create a brand for you um, when it comes to, you know, the whole LinkedIn or the whole social media networks. Mm-hmm. Like what advice do you have for persons in terms of, you know, building a brand or you know, just posting on social and being mindful. Again, break it down, make it very, 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 very simple. If you don't want people to think <laughs> it, don't do it. Simple. Okay. Like if you don't want people to think that you are that girl or guy that is always on their head top, or you don't want people to think that you are very combative yeah. and catty, don't do it. It's like... You consciously choose what to put into the, the, the online space. Yeah. Right? If you want to be very flamboyant and effervescent, go for it. Like, show that side. Okay. So, case in point, me. I think I'm a smart dude. Right? I think so. Okay. Right? But at the same time, I don't want to be perceived as stodgy. Right? Okay. I try not to take myself overly seriously, but I all but so I I want to give that you know approachable. I'm kind of cool, you know. I'm here. I can I can break it down. Like it's it's simple. Like we could hang out together. Ain't that serious? Like you could call me, yeah. right? That kind of stuff, right? <laughs> that, that that's the vibe that I I want to pers- I want to give off. So in order to do that, what I do is I address that in the way that I speak the way that I dress, um, what I do, where I go, like how I carry myself, right? And on the one hand, it's like, yeah, man, that's Corey, we cool. On the other hand, it's like, yeah, that's Corey. I can go, I can talk to him. Like, you know, he's, as you say, the veteran. It is. <laughs> but, but hold on, but think about it, right? If, if it is that you say I'm that veteran, yeah. but... With another person with the same exact level of experience and exposure, you might not want to go talk to that person. You might think that, you know what, they're going to be too busy, they're not going to have time for me, like, whatever. Well, I mean, you can still ask anyway, but I mean, like, you're branding, right. you know, I, I reached out to you, you're here. Exactly, so that's what I'm saying. So, there are people who 
would give off the the vibe that you know what let's let's just leave them alone <laughs> but i consciously want it to be a situation where it's like okay i want to talk to cory go for it like send me a message hey let's chat let's yeah. talk right and th- that's on purpose that's not something that just happened that's on purpose so take it all the way back to sips take it all the way back to sips i never wore converse a day in my life until i built sips as a brand in my head the person sips a person that works at sips wears converse okay so i wore converse every day for 10 years okay because that's what the person that is in that space that matches with the brand i was building okay so i wore converse people that came to work at sips wore converse it just happened that we work at sips so we're in converse and we were the people who work at sips we're in converse it just matched right okay. i could have done the exact same thing wearing nike's it would not have come across i could have done it wearing vans it wouldn't have come across but converse gave that level of cool that worked even so even when i was in a business capacity yeah. working on behalf of sips i wore converse I'm seeing it. I'm seeing right? it here. So so and that was deliberate a deliberate choice to give off an impression. Okay. So even when it was okay Cory can be on a panel as, you know, this entrepreneur that's been in business and whatever whatever whatever, I showed up in jeans and Converse. Okay. Because that was the impression that I wanted to give off. I'm not doing that anymore. I don't wear Converse anymore. not because i don't like them but yeah. it's just not the vibe I, i understand i understand um okay so you mentioned you know always being in a coffee shop you mentioned uh-huh. you know networking or being seen when you don't necessarily want something in return mm-hmm. so just spawn in that a bit for me mm-hmm. people are people <laughs> like again people are people it's not that hard yeah i don't want a situation where every time i see crystal i say Hey Chris, you can lend me $20. Hey Chris, you can lend me $20. Hey Chris, you can buy me a drink. Hey Chris, um you got no like you would not want to see me anymore. Of course not. Right? Like you like you would see me and cross the road. But if it's a situation where hey Chris, what's going on? You could let's talk about, you know, the latest show that we've been watching. Oh, this article that I read. Oh, hey, I know you into this book. Yo, check out this book. This was cool. Hey, I left my wallet at home. You could cover me today. That's different, right? Right. That's a completely different. You're like, "Oh, psh, man, what is $20 among friends?" Real life situation. That's something that could happen. But it's not a but it's not a situation where every single time I see you I ask for something. And it and well, I talk about, you know, asking for money. It could be a situation is where it's like, you know, "Hey, you meet a lot of people, you know, hosting your podcast right. like can you in, could you introduce me to to Megan Michael like i think she's so cool could you introduce <laughs> me and then like oh could you introduce me to to the guys that that talk about football could okay. you introduce me to no okay i got it no okay but if it's a situation where hey um i know you do positivity could you introduce me to Megan okay like sure because i know you you're a valuable type of person i know her she's a valuable type of person i can make a connection and be a valuable type of person 
But it's not that every single time you ask him something, ask him something. So you also want to add to people. So same thing, make connections, offer information. If you know someone that could help somebody else, go for it. It doesn't have to always directly benefit you. Exactly. Um, right, so I like to say that everything is not always in dollars and cents. Correct. Everything you do something, you don't have to expect something. Exactly. And I think, you know, networking in general is a two-way street. Like, people mm. just see it as, let me go out and meet people and mm. find out how they could help me. Exactly. You know, it's two sides, mm. right? Um, so, Corey, what are you most excited about in the branding space? I know you build mm. SIPs, you know, you're consulting, refuel. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you really most excited about? Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I, I love building a brand and seeing people connect with it. Okay. And yes, that is much more visible when it's a consumer brand. Yeah. Where you can see visibly in the public space right. that love, that, that uh, adoration. But you have other situations where you can create something and see people reacting to it the way that you want them to react. Okay. Okay, same point. Last year, we hosted a, a conference and award ceremony for a client. And f- when we had the idea for the award ceremony, I said, I want to create the Grammys, the vibe of the Grammys, the feeling of the Grammys. Okay. So that affected everything. So the awards, what they looked like, where the award ceremony was held, the type of music that was played as you were getting into your seat, the, the color of the lights that were being shone. Like, okay. that, that was the goal from beginning to end. Okay. How you were greeted when you got out of your car okay. until you had your last drink and said goodnight. And that created the brand that I wanted. That's yeah. that's. What I wanted. I want this to feel like the Grammys. Okay, so you did a deep dive in consumer behavior. That, that's, that's literally what it is. Okay. Okay, consumer so what behavior. do you think is the biggest, I don't know, myth associated with the space? Myths um, that people are always trying to sell you something. Mm. And in on the one hand, yes, you know, because people only see ads. They only see advertising. Yeah. And, like, I show my clients, not my clients, my students, I show my students, advertising is, like, a one-twelfth of what marketing is. Yeah. Right? So, by the time you get around to seeing an ad, that is a fraction of the marketing and the branding that has been implemented. So... People people think of, oh, I, I don't fall for ads, or I don't, I don't buy into all that stuff. It's like, well, I think you already bought into it. Exactly. Like you you might be ignoring an Apple ad, but every time you see somebody with an Apple Watch on, you start associating the Apple Watch with that type of person. True. And you're thinking, okay, if that is the type of person that wears an Apple Watch, then either A, I am that type of person, or B, I'm not that type of person. Either way, the marketing has worked. Yeah. So you don't have to see a watch an, an ad for Apple Watch. You don't need to, to see the ad for the latest iPhone and be like, I don't know the price. You're not the customer. Like, if the price throws you off, you're not that customer. Exactly. I it, love to see that a lot, right? Like, people would see something and be like, I ain't buying now. Who's she trying to talk about? Exactly. Right? And a lot of people don't get that. 
So while you was talking just now, right, I mm. was, you know, just thinking, you know, people don't really understand, like, how, like, I, I honestly feel like marketing, you know, exploits psychology to a certain extent. Because you just mm. said, you know, we're like, we don't recognize we're being consumed by, you know, mm. brands and stuff like that. So that just popped up in my head. No, it's, it's <laughs> at the end of the day, when I was doing my degree, I basically, I, 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 I conceptualized in my head, like, marketing is applied psychology. That's yeah. it. Like, you just, you understand how people work, what makes them tick, and then you can address that. Same thing with management and yeah. HR, HR management. It's like you understand how people work. Yeah. You can manage them. Let's not say exploit. <laughs> Let's not say manipulate. It's, it's management, right? I feel like it's like a game of chess and we but just no, setting up the blocks. Right, that's exactly what it is. So... <laughs> You 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 try to understand how people think, and then you can have a more deep connection with them. So don't think of it as you know you're manipulating or exploiting or whatever <laughs> it is. I'm trying to make a connection to you, right? So I think of I think of business as always trying to solve a problem or serve a a a, a customer. Right? Okay. You're trying to serve one type of person. Yeah. So the better you can understand that person, the better you can serve them. Apple isn't trying to exploit. E- Joe, Joe Public, Apple is trying to serve that 10% of the market that is their target. That's it. Apple does, does literally could care less about yeah. the rest of you. So, and I think that's, that's where people get it wrong on the consumer side and on the producer side. Because there are businesses that say, well, I'm making my product for everybody. No, if you make your product for everybody, you've made it for no one. Toilet paper, that's, that's a good example. No, because because in Japan, in China, in hell, in all of Asia, yeah. toilet paper is completely irrelevant, and they think that people who who use toilet paper are dirty, because f- they think they figure, you know what, washing it away is cleaner than just wiping it and hoping that it's gone. Again, okay. you got you got to know your customer. Relative, right? So you got to understand. Okay, am I trying to sell toilet paper in the east, mm-hmm. where? A bidet is much better sell, and maybe you could have built a, a line of products around the bidet experience, as opposed to trying to sell toilet paper in the east. You can, or trying to sell a bidet in the west, where it's like, mm, I'm not sure if you there's a market for it. Like, how many people are can say that they have ever used a bidet much less have one, right? And that's an entire cultural shift that would ha- would need to happen in order for that for there to be a product a market for that. See, so it's just about serving the needs of the customer that you've chosen to serve. Mm-hmm. So it's not about you trying to say, I have a product that I want to sell. It does, it's not about you, yeah. right? It's about your customer. What is it that is in their best interest? What can you offer them to help them? Apple didn't create the iPod just for anybody that wanted to listen to music. They created the iPod for a stylish, young-minded you know, trendy type of person who is who is um, technically savvy, who is also socially accessible. They they were creating that product, that one product for this specific type of person that had all these attributes, and then they built their empire on that. Okay, and they then showed you, I'm a Mac, I'm a PC. Literally, the the PC was you know the traditional the business the you know the suit and tie guy that that goes to work and uses microsoft word 
Well, the Mac was, hey, I'm trendy, I'm hip, I wear Converse. Was it Converse? No, it wasn't Converse. It was like Vans or something. And But he was like, you know, he was irreverent. He was, he's like a, a young, trendy app developer before there were app developers, right? So he had that whole, that very cool look. And he's like, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Mac. He's a PC. Eh, he doesn't really get the job done. <laughs> You don't, he's no fun. Yeah, well, so they're showing you this is the type of person that uses a Mac. This is the type of person that buys an iPod. This is the type of person that has an iPhone. This is the type of person. So they're, don't, they're, not sh- talk, they're not trying to be your market leader. They could care less. Yeah. Apple, not the market leader, was the most valuable company on the planet. Tesla, not the market leader, is the most valuable company on the planet. They're not trying to be the market leader. Got it. Got it. It's not about trying to sell to everyone. Exactly. Thank you, Corey, for that marketing crash course. Hey. You guys get it? All right. So, I mean, like, people would see you and assume Corey, you know, is so lucky. You know, this man is so lucky. But really, how do you find work-life balance? You know, like, how do you learn to separate it? Um, so, on the one hand, there's no such thing as balance. Whether, sorry, there's no such thing as equilibrium. When people talk about balance, they usually think of equilibrium as in everything is perfectly balanced all the time forever. And that doesn't happen. What happens is today, you may have to go to work and work for 12 hours. Or this week, or maybe this month or this three-month period, you may need to put more focus on work. Yeah. There's also then it swings back to the next side like a pendulum where hey it's family time now so for me i have a very sophisticated um time management system it's called a toddler so a toddler a, a toddler oh a toddler yeah he just turned three and you oh, an actual to- an actual I toddler i thought that was an acronym <laughs> <laughs> no it's a very very sophisticated time management system like, you can work and you can be the, the, the goal achiever. You can go and do all that stuff. But right now, I need you to be a lion. Okay. I need you to come and build Legos with me. Okay. Right now. I need you, let's go build a train trap or dig a hole in the backyard or go play football or go fly a kite or, or, or right now. Like, he needs it when he needs it and you have to give it to him. So... So back to that pendulum, that pendulum had just swung all the way towards family time. And then at some point, it's going to swing back to work. Okay. Right. So I think people have the, the problem because they're trying to hold that pendulum perfectly still. Yeah. And it, it won't work. Okay. So my three-year-old has to understand that, okay, daddy has gone to work now. That's it. I'll see you later. And then it come back and it's Okay. You can't talk to me right now. I'm not sending you an email because I'm playing my toddler. Okay. So when I'm home, it's home time. When I'm out, when I'm working, it's work time. And I didn't realize that that had become so known about me until I remember a friend slash colleague called me one day on Sunday. And she says, hey, Corey, I know it's family day, but... I was like, oh, hold on. I don't remember telling you this, <laughs> yeah. but that's what it is. Family day. Sunday is family day. Don't work on Sundays. Unless it's a reason, and then the pendulum swings back again. Okay. Right? But it's, it can't be that you are 
entirely like focused solely on work to the detriment of your family. Okay. And that and I the thing is I like that about that's what I admire most about say Richard Branson. Family is huge for him. Counter that with somebody like Elon Musk. Family was never that huge for him. Even um, Steve Jobs' family wasn't that huge for him, right? So that's why I'm more identified with like Richard Branson because he's always, you know, yes, I'm building this business and I want all these great people and I want this big brand and all that. But you know what? My family is going to be here. His office was his house. Well, he was raising his kids. You know, he said, I, and he's eccentric, so like, take it with a pinch of salt, like. He'd be having meetings, and his kids would be like running around in house because he's living on a houseboat at one point. Okay, right? Slightly as exaggerated, <laughs> not for everybody, but the the point is there. Like, and and especially know that we're working from home a lot more. Like, there are people that are still working from home. I've always worked from home. Um, it is a situation where you know kids are back at school and all that. But before, when we were, like, fully locked down, you're working from home, if my son, you know, happened to, like, come into a, a meeting while I'm on the call, I think that the, the, the world has changed to the point where that's no longer frowned on. Yeah. Like, you understand, okay, yeah. somebody's son, daughter, child, cat, dog, bird might, like, come into the frame because you are now, they're not coming into the workspace. You are in the home space. So... I think that's that's the is a difference in how I look at what family life balance is, and also to like I work with my wife. Okay. Right. So we work together, and I always say we can't work together, but it kind of it kind of happened yeah. because while we work together, we don't always work together. So okay. one of the businesses that we are all that we're involved in happens to be together. Okay. Right. So we do branding together. And then we separate and do everything else. I feel so bad to leave her outside. She could have been in here. Oh, no, she's at work. <laughs> she's currently at work. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So once the laptop or her cell phone is there, we're at work. All righty. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, I Like you said, I feel like it's definitely more relatable. Now people understand, you know, mm-hmm. the children and stuff like that. Because I actually saw a lady doing like an ad mm-hmm. and her child was there. And it was, you know, like I was watching it and I could understand. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. a mom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely more relatable. I know we're strapped for time. So you have any advice for, you know, aspiring individuals just like yourself? Ooh. Uh, what, entrepreneurs, yeah, marketers. Entrepreneurs, what? marketers. Um, aspiring brand ac- architects, you know, you start to do whole um, six Man. thing, you know, there's so much to go about. The the one, my, my, my constant piece of advice for anything like this has always been do it before you're ready. Do it before because you're Because you will never be ready. Like, I don't think I'm ready to start my first business yet. Okay. 12 years later. Okay. So I don't, I don't think I'm ready. Like, I'm not yet ready. Like, I don't have all the skills that I would need to start a business. That is how I feel about this podcast, exactly. guys. So I am not even ready yet. And you're at episode what? <laughs> Six. All right, good. <laughs> so start before you're ready. And you never know what happens. If you, if you really weren't ready and, you know, the market wasn't ready and all that, you would get feedback that you can use to start your next business before you're ready. Okay. And just keep starting before you're ready. 
I like it. I like it. It's kind of like, you know, jump in the sea and learn to swim. You Think see, no, me, swim. me and the swimming thing no work out. <laughs> My swim coach would not be happy to hear that. But I mean, I've done it. I've learned. I've learned. I've learned. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like swimming is just, I don't know. That's bad analogy. <laughs> bad analogy for me. Okay. But I, yeah. feel, I feel like that's how I learned to swim though. Like my dad took me out. And it was he just dropped me and I just had to like immediate panic swim attack. Back to sheer, sure, like real, real fast. Panic attack. Nope, 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 nope. Not for me. Not yeah. for me at all. The, but anyways, <laughs> they, they usually say entrepreneurs will jump out of a plane and build a parachute on the way down, or like jump off a mountain and build a plane on the way down. But the yeah. point, but yeah, start before you're ready. Everything is figure outable. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember who said that, but everything is figure outable. There's enough stuff on the internet. Just sift through it. You can learn, pull from the network, yeah, ask people for help, you know, and you can be good. Yeah. True. You can fail and fail until you succeed. Correct. Fill your way to success. Okay. So follow Corey at that guy McLean. It that should McLean prompt guy. you to his other social media channels. Oh, uh, yeah. Stay updated with him. Also, watch the space at Be Social Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Thank you so much, Corey, for your time. Alrighty, guys. Bye. Ciao.